Hello, I'm Dave Ashton and I'm joined today by Jordan Curran from King Henry VIII Comprehensive. Jordan is the head of D&T at King Henry and we're going to be talking about numeracy. So Jordan, my first question for you today is how do you plan for a numeracy task in your subject? Basically, we've got uh, Nia at our school, who's our numeracy coordinator or numeracy champion, um, and she is fantastic, by the way, and she has coordinated with us in D&T to have a numeracy focus for each project within within our schemes of learning. We have projects that students rotate around in a carousel. So for each project, we have a numeracy focus that naturally occurs during that. Um, so it's nothing shoehorned in. It's something that we'd, we would normally do within D&T. And then we plan around that sort of strand of the of the LNF that then that we can then plan around. So we do we teach it normally within the lesson. So when it comes up practically, then I should say, we can kind of deliver it. And then we have within our booklets a task that the students then complete which is differentiated for the obviously different abilities within maths and numeracy then they can actually apply it to a question or a, a task within their booklets to evidence then that they've hopefully made some progress as well. Brilliant and do you find that the engagement level is really high with it being in something that they actually see the point of doing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's for us. It's um, we're quite lucky within DNT. I think of we haven't had to, we never had to shoehorn any literacy or numeracy into our into our lessons. You know, in DNT, we we're just looking for it, and it usually pops up. And and like I said, Nia's great in that we sort of sit down, we look at the, the project, and then uh, also another thing that Nia does is which is really good. She tells us, for example, Year Seven for this year, the division is an area that we you know that we need to look at because perhaps Year Seven are quite weak around the maybe division so when we're looking through our projects then we're just looking for ways in which we can naturally include division within our our teaching and it's something that you know we like I said if it naturally occurs within a task or within a practical task then we can include it we teach it and then we just include that differentiated task within the booklets. Brilliant so Nia's done some some diagnosis of the year group she's found out what exactly it is that they struggle with and then as a result, you're informed. Does she share the methods that they teach in the maths department with you? And then you have a look at the chance to authentically fit that into lessons where it naturally fits. Yeah, definitely. So um, we we had an inset session the other day and Nia presented to all the staff and she showed us how to use and what, what the maths department were using, which is this whiteboard.fi, whiteboard fee or whatever it's called. And she she showed us how they do it and how they've been differentiating within maths lessons, etc. And then I literally took that and applied it to my year 10 engineers, for example. So with my year 10, they've got a numeracy question within their exam. So I literally just took that and applied it straight away. Took, took a photograph, tweeted Nia then so she could see it, it happening. And then she's asked for me to now share those questions with her and the maths department. So they then go into um, put the, the, you know, the context of the questions within maths lessons. So they're appearing within our, our subject area, but also then within maths as well. Oh, brilliant. So there's like a, it's like to and fro. It's not just we're doing maths, we're doing numeracy in our subject area. You feel that there's sort of that engineering now is actually going to be seen in, in maths lessons as well. Yeah, and I can say to my students then that, you know, this is, uh, as we're going through it, we're covering what, what comes up within the exam. I'm saying to them that your, your maths teacher are well aware of what comes up in the engineering exam, and they'll be sort of doing this with you as well. So look out for these little bits and pieces. So if it's, you know, volume of a cylinder or whatever it may be, that's what we've got to cover. When they're covering that in the maths lessons, they go, oh, and, then, and hopefully they're going to put pitch it in a engineering context or a technology context. So they can kind of see, oh, I can see now how this is relevant and how this applies to engineering. 
Oh, brilliant. That sounds like a really, really nice way to engage them in, in with that. My next question is, how do you work with the numeracy coordinator or the numeracy champion in your school? So Nia's great in that you could just book time with her. She sends you her free sessions and she's very flexible in terms of, right, OK, I, you know, this is when I'm free. This is when you're free. So you, you can uh, book a session with her. So subject coordinator, head of technology, then I can kind of sit down with her, go through all the projects at the start of the year, for example. Like I said, look then for those numeracy elements. She can give advice then on how to pitch it, how to teach it how to differentiate it for example uh, which makes it which makes it so easy for us then like I said to to deliver that I can come back to it then for example if there's something that's a little bit tricky you know to teach or the students aren't getting or you know even I'm not getting or not quite you know just need to improve my teaching of it she's been she's been fantastic with that and little things that we've done before is we I did one day we would do nets for example in and we do like a little small packaging project so I sent her some pictures of nets that my year eights had done and then uh, so I tweeted a picture to her because I think I find Twitter is one of the best ways of quickly sharing what the students have done, especially for numeracy. And I can just, you know, at near in, in that. And then she replied a challenge of working out the volume of those um, nets and work, of the shapes. So I put that up on the board at the start of the next lesson and say, right, we've been set a challenge here by Miss Chivers. We've got to work out the, the volume of these shapes. So I gave them all bits, big bits of paper, grouped them together, differentiated it and said, right, let's, let's have a go at that. And then we did it, sent to the results and things. So that was quite nice that we kind of got that collaboration, but you know, she can set challenges and tasks. And I put that tweet up on the board and said, right, come on, we've got to do this. And it, they could put it into uh, put it into a context, DT context. And like we said before, the engagement then was was so much better. I love that. I think that's such a nice way that you're using Twitter to to just showcase work. I mean, it can be sent in email, but it's just so much easier with social media when it's used in that sort of method that you just described. That's awesome. I love that. My next question is, how do you ensure consistency across the department? Yeah, that's that's always the, the tricky thing. But, you know, I think we've got within D&T our own specialism. So we've got product design, engineering, uh, fashion textiles and food and nutrition. So we have our own sort of leads for each project. And what we did then do is just say, right, OK, for textiles, for example, my textiles teacher, I would come up with a where, where it naturally fits again a numeracy task um, that could be differentiated so the textile teacher will go away look at what she can include it might be say working out the area of um, the front of a cushion for example or something like that or textiles are working out the cost of projects depending on the cost of fabrics or something like that so she'll go away and, and deliver that and then using Nia then Nia is great and that she can kind of cross-check that but with any project it's always quality assured anyway you know as a head of department I'm looking through what we're delivering the differentiation of the booklets and things like that and how it sort of fits within our curriculum and I've also recently done a curriculum roadmap as well so looking at from year seven all the way up to year 11 how that how the, what the students are learning as they're working through and progressing and I've also done the one for numeracy then as well so I've put a numeracy roadmap from 7 to 11 so what kind of elements of numeracy we're covering in year 7 that we can then build upon so it might be say area in year 7 and then volume in year 8 and then we can work up from there and then hopefully by the time they get to year 10 and 11 they, they can naturally include that within the coursework or within the exam or whatever it is. There's very little effort for the students they've got and built on those skills year on year. Yeah, that's that's the idea, really. But um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't always happen like that sometimes. But yeah, that's what we're trying to achieve anyway. Uh, easier said than done with that. that one yeah, sentence, isn't it? But definitely. The, pl the planning is there, isn't it? To, to try and make that journey as easy as possible for the students. Um, yeah. You mentioned um, QAing work. How, how do you do your uh, quality assurance? 
So we have uh, work scrutinies. So we have plans. We, we, at the moment with our school, we've got what we call a peer inquiry cycle. So we have uh, each department has a focus. And then what we do is we have planned work scrutinies then throughout the year where we, get, we gather students work. We sit down as a department. We have a little look. We have a Google form in front of us. We pair off you very often. So myself and say the head of food might sit down and look through the textiles work and look through, say, the engineering work together. And we're looking for then that numeracy popping up, the literacy popping up, etc. We're making sure that that's in line with where we think the students should be. We're looking at you know cross section of pupils and our, our EFSM, our ALN, our, our you know level fours, level sixes, etc. Just comparing them and and making sure that sort of ties in with quality assurance then making sure it's been assessed and and if it isn't fit for purpose we change it you know we adapt and we think oh it's a bit easy we need to make it a little bit more difficult it's too too onerous to deliver we need to adapt as well so that's how we sort of do that within those work scrutinies so the staff know this is coming up so next thursday after school we're going to be looking at our year seven booklets for example and i'll say right i want a cross section of this this and this or i want to see these particular pupils wherever it may be Brilliant. And that sort of leads me on to my, my next question, which is what form does self-evaluation take? Obviously, at the start of the year, um, I'll go through and write a departmental development plan and obviously numeracy and literacy focus heavily on that. That comes from the school development plan um, as what we're trying to develop. And, and Nia obviously is very heavily involved in that. And like I said, that we've got our own areas for development. Nia, like I said, Nia is fantastic at saying, right, year seven need to develop division or whatever it may be, uh, those skills. And she and I know Nia is very big on having those four basic math skills weaved into and numeracy skills weaved into everything that we do. You know, it's that sort of just the, those basics, if, if nothing else, the foundations. So that will come from the school development plan, which I'll then include in the departmental development plan. I then usually cut that down to, say, about 10 targets. Uh, that's just too big. And within that, usually is usually a numeracy target. And as a department, we revisit re- that throughout the year as part of those work scrutinies, looking at what we're doing, looking at making sure our offer is as good as it can be and, and then it weaves in. It's, it's natural, the context are there um, and that students are making good progress. And we're evidence in that progress, I think, is a big thing as well. It's not just, um, I think, probably when we first started on the road of, of numeracy, it was a bit like, well, oh, well, we measure stuff. You know, that's that's it. But it's, it's so much more than that. It's looking at, say, uh, when we're doing a clock project, we naturally will talk about radius and diameter because we're having those conversations because most of the clocks will be circular. So that's a really good starting point to have those conversations so we can take it that much further. And then obviously, yeah, it's just in, in incorporating that, but it's showing the students what the students didn't know before and what they, they could do after. And it's that sort of, yeah, that progression and that quality assuring that that and, uh, and self-evaluating that that is actually happening within our classrooms. In Key Stage 4, how do you still work with the maths department? We, what I did was we started the WJC engineering course two years ago now, I believe. So I sat down with Nia and I knew this numeracy question within the exam. So I sat down with Nia, we looked at the specification and said, look, this is what I've got to cover. How do you recommend I do this? You know, how do I really uh, uh, you know, make sure my teaching and the numeracy question that they obviously maximise the most amount of marks? So she was great in that this is how we teach it. This is how we go about these particular type of questions. This is how we pitch it. This is they should have covered this, this and this naturally in lessons. They might they may not have covered this area. So you might need to kind of go in at a very low level and work your way up that way and, and, and things like that. Like, for example, a good, a good one is is Ohm's law, for example, and kind of equations and because we teach it, but also physics teach it as well. And obviously the maths can kind of uh, use it as like an equation example uh, within their teaching. So 
you've got three different subject areas all teaching the same thing so it's just making sure that we're consistent and then obviously key stage four but the, the main thing is is that the students obviously learn how to apply that to the exam so it's lots of exam prep and things like that and Nia's been great again with that of me she said can you send me some examples of the kind of questions that they're asked and we'll make sure that those are in our key stage four lessons because Again, they're always looking for in their maths lessons as well of ways of pitching questions and making it relevant and and doing that. So they're always looking for different sort of focuses and things. And, and if they can pitch it from a you know an engineering point of view and use a context of right, an engineer needs to work out the the, the cubic volume of concrete or whatever it may be and pitch it that way, then that help us out massively as well. So it's that cross curricular approach then that they cross different lessons and things. So like I said, I always know if I'm struggling with teaching an area or if I'm not quite sure if the students are getting it I can go to Nia and say how do you know how do I teach this or how do I develop this or what do you think of this and uh, she's always at hand to help help with that so that's been great. Awesome that's brilliant I've got a, a final question what is your favourite numeracy task that you deliver in D&T? I think that one I said about earlier the year eight task where we, we do the nets is, is always been quite good because that's kind of like a, a practical kind of they get to cut it's cut out the net see how shapes are formed and for us it is taking 2d to 3d you know it's drawing is always a good example for us as well you know they come into us at year seven they can draw in 2d but we've then got to t- teach them isometric how to draw isometrically because that's a good way of of teaching 3d so to help them with that taking a flat 2d net cutting that out, folding it into 3D, which they may have done in primary school, it's a very basic skill, but for us then to go, well, look, this how this forms, and, and obviously you can differentiate it because you can have really complex shapes, really complicated you know, shapes they're gonna create. They then fold it together, and then we could either then turn that into a, uh, lead that into a volume task and work out the volume of it, or, or whatever that might be, or anything really you can do whatever you want with it and um, compound shapes you could do you could do, do quite easily off that and then we could even turn it into a drawing task you've got this really complicated shape how would you then go about drawing that because we've been doing it alongside some drawing skills for example there's some really nice ways of progression the different things you talked about then about going from shapes there's 2d shapes going to 3d shapes to doing isometric drawing to doing compound shapes there's so much progression in, in the different uh, different topics you talked about that I can see see why that might be a favourite. That was my conversation with Jordan, who is the head of D&T at King Henry VIII. Thank you very much for listening.